Hello, is anybody on the phone here with me? Is anybody able to hear? Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Let me fix this. I apologize for the technical difficulties here, but uh, transferring between internet and phone proved problematic. So let me uh, uh, put this. Ladies and gentlemen, flight 905. Okay. Well, we've got a little bit of a funky system that we're working with here, guys. Um, but I see that there's pending questions, so I do believe you should be able to hear. And I will go ahead and uh, continue to tell you uh, just a little bit about how I've grown as a real estate entrepreneur in Ron's system uh, over the last 20 years. But I, but I do want to announce some logistics for the call. Uh, and this is really important, so uh, pay attention here. We do hold this call on the second Monday of every month. That's today, of course. Gold Club members, they're able to submit deals prior to the call, uh, and we'll review those deals right here. Now, if you're not a Gold Club member, you can still listen in, but you don't get the luxury of being able to participate in the Q&A in real-time interaction. So if you'd like to become a Gold Club member, you can certainly get more information on that. You can sign up for the Gold Club, and you just go to www.ronsgoldclub.com. Ronsgoldclub.com. Now, secondly, uh, if you do have a question, here's how you do it. You have to get into the queue to discuss your deal, and it works like this. Um, if you're a gold, um, gold Club member and you want to ask a question or discuss a deal that you've submitted, then go ahead and press star 6, and you'll be entered into the queue. That's press star 6, and you'll be entered into the queue. Now, again, if you're not uh, – I'm sorry, if, if you are a Gold Club member – but, but you didn't dial in on this interactive line that's listed on your Gold Club membership, on the Gold Club membership website, the homepage after you log in, you should hang up now and go dial back in using the specific number that Gold Club members have for being a Gold Club member and having the benefit of being able to participate in these calls. That phone number and the access code for it is uh, going to be at the Gold Club membership website homepage right after you log in. And you can use that uh, to hit star six uh, to ask a question. Okay, so I'll trust that everybody has that by now. And let me just say, since I'm not sure if Ron's going to be joining us today, um, let me just give you a little bit of a, of a background on my experience with, with Ron's system, uh, evolving system really. Um, that I've been using uh, and many across the country have been using as a catalyst 
to generate a great amount of, of wealth. Now, uh, I go back quite a ways with Ron. My first courses with him were actually in the mid-90s when his courses were sold via cassette tapes and well before Al Gore invented the Internet. If you know Ron, you know that's one of his favorite jokes. I've probably heard that a few hundred times. But I can honestly say that uh, Ron, Ron Legrand is definitely the best teacher, the best coach that I've ever had. That includes having gone to college. Um, it includes sports that I've played. It includes a professional career in healthcare, working with CEOs uh, on various entrepreneurial ventures. Um, and I can tell you that using this learning system, that you get from the Gold Club and you get from Quick Start Real Estate School, using the techniques that Ron and his staff at Global Publishing have perfected, I've actually had the luxury of, of doing almost all of his coveted deal structures, which would include both the ugly house business and the pretty house business. Uh, by pretty house business, what, what we um, mean well, Ugly House, we really mean wholesale deals for quick cash or uh, retail rehabs. Pretty House business, uh, we really mean the different elements in Ron's term system or deals that require taking over someone else's debt subject to existing mortgages, uh, making uh, chicken salad out of uh, chicken scratch, on overfinanced homes where other investors walk away, using lease options and sandwich lease options, doing assignments of contracts and terms, or even just doing straight up options on homes or commercial property. And then of course, all different forms of, of owner financing that you can, you can create on free and clear homes. So I think it's fair to say that Ron's aim is to create transaction engineers out of his students and it's really up to you if you want to specialize in an area that you prefer or to be a generalist and make deals on whatever comes at you from the sellers that you'll attract to call you about selling their house. So tonight, and really every month, it's an opportunity to, to true up your understanding, to uh, true up how you work the system so that you can get better and so that you can make more money. Uh, I, can, I can tell you personally that I've bought and sold tens of millions in real estate. Uh, I've profited handsomely. And, and even to this day, even as someone being asked to lead one of Ron's calls, I still always try to get on these, these monthly calls. I really do. I do use the Gold Club regularly. There's a, a wealth of resources there. And continue to be thirsty for the knowledge that's gained through these sorts of events and these sorts of collaborations. So uh, with that, let's go ahead and get started with questions. Hopefully this will work out okay here. Uh, questions from the field. Again, all you have to do is hit star six, and I should be able to see you in the queue here. Um, I'll, I'll just say lastly that I am going to try and end the call promptly at 8 Eastern, maybe we'll go a little longer than that, um, just because there was some technical difficulty at the beginning. Um, but, you know, we budgeted an hour for this, and there actually may be some baseball fans who want to see the home run derby as, as I do. But uh, depending on how many questions we get, I'll try and pace the conversation appropriately. 
and uh, answer questions in, in a manner that's in the best interest of everyone on the call and not necessarily just uh, the questioner. So with that, let me see if I can make our first call, our first question come through. Okay, it looks like we have S. Wells from area code 254. Um, could you tell me your name and, and where you're calling from? Uh, the Hugh Wells from Temple, Texas. Ah. That's right. That is a Texas area code. Well, your queue shows up as an S on my queue for some reason, and I guess that's because we're not in a Q&A session. We're in an S&A session. Okay. I, uh, we we What's your name in uh, four uh, leads today. I'm sorry, what was that? We faxed four leads over to you today. Okay, I don't have them in hand, but I can quickly uh, process what the essence of the lead is. So if you'll give me some basic facts, describe the deal for me, we can talk about what to do about them. Both are free and clear. Okay. Uh, both have approximately 20, they're, they're wanting about $20,000 profit on us. What do you mean by profit? You mean down payment? The asking price versus... Uh, oh, versus the ARV? Correct. So they want more than the ARV. Okay, tell me more. Uh, neither of them need any repairs. Okay. What, what's the monthly payment that you negotiated with them, and can we assume that, you, that they're willing to sell it with nothing down? We haven't uh, negotiated a, a monthly yet because they were free and clear, and we wanted to kind of know what percentage we should be working with to get, uh, I don't know if we should go in at 65% or 70%. I don't know what Ron had been uh, using here lately on something like that. 65 to 70% of what for what? Of the, uh, asking, uh, of the asking price. Well, it doesn't sound like you're going to get that. You've got, you've got somebody who's asking for more than full price on this, don't you? That's correct. But they're willing to negotiate. Can you imagine a situation where you could pay more than, than full price and still profit handsomely? Uh, not really. Well, uh, how about this? If, let, let's say you have a $200,000 house and I agreed to pay you 200000 and I agree to pay you $300,000 for your house, but that's going to be $3 for 100,000 years, $3 a month for 100,000 months. Would you take that deal? Uh, yes, sir. <laughs> you, you would take that as, as, as oh, a buyer or as a seller? As, as a buyer? No, as a seller. Uh, as a buyer. Great. And as a buyer, you take that deal. So yes. that's obviously an outrageous uh, example. I'm, what I'm trying to say is the price doesn't really matter as much as the terms do in terms of monthly payment. I've paid more than are for properties many times if I can get them to give me beneficial financing. So a common thing that, that you can do on, on a deal like this is now you do have to negotiate this first. And, and by the way, uh, I know you said your name starts with Q, but what is your actual name? Hugh, H-U-G-H, Hugh. Oh, Hugh, Hugh, okay, Hugh. I thought you said Q. <laughs> okay, Hugh, I got you. So uh, that was a huge error on my part. 
not a problem. Anyway, not, not very funny. You've probably heard it before. Oh. But the <laughs> a couple, two, three times. Anyway, oh, yeah. uh, what, what I lack in originality, hopefully I can gain back in um, explaining how you can make these deals work. What, yeah. what, what you really do is you want to negotiate as described in Ron's system, which is, um, okay, so you're, you're asking for, what are they asking, by the way? What is the price? Uh, 180 on uh, one of them, and the other one is at uh, 225. This is the same seller? No, different sellers. Okay, well, in both cases, it goes like this. You know, I, I'm no expert on your particular area. Um, it, it, it appears that you're, you're asking for every bit of its value and possibly the top of the market. Is, is that a fair statement? That's and then correct. let them respond. And then I, I'm, I'm sort of role-playing with you here. So, you know, you'd say that to them, and then they might say, no, nope, no, nope, that's actually discounted or, you know, whatever they say. I think you can say, well... I would have to do my due diligence on it and maybe uh, look at some comparables. Can, you know, can I expect that you'd be somewhat negotiable on this price if we find that um, you know, the property uh, is, is, is worth a little less? You know, I, I really don't want to pay more than it's worth. I can pay you what it's worth, but I really don't want to pay more. That's, that's fair, isn't it? And yep. go down that road with them. And then, you know, well, what's the least you can take? What? Is that the least you can? You know, you know the whole game with that, right? Oh, yeah. And what I like to do is then I like to, you know, you already know that it's free and clear. And, and, and then you, you can ask them, okay, the property's free and, free and clear, I understand, so we don't really have a mortgage to worry about. Are you, uh, and they already indicated that they're willing to sell on terms, correct? Correct. Okay. Yes. You know, what makes me interested in this, despite the fact that you want, you know, the top of the market price, is that you're willing to offer the house with terms. So, what we usually do is pick up the taxes and insurance from the seller and make that our monthly payment so that you don't have to come out of pocket at all. And then that makes it easier up for us to, to get you cashed out at that full price more quickly. Uh, is it fair that my monthly payment be the taxes and insurance on this house? Yes, sir. And answer that question. And they might say, they might say heck no, I need, you know, 2000 a month or something like that. Right, right. And at that point, you have to learn what the market rent is because your exit strategy is most likely, well, actually, no, you're in Texas. So your exit strategy is going to be to, to, sell, to sell it with owner financing. That's correct. Um, well, I guess, I guess if you actually end up closing on it and owning it, you, you, know, you can lease option it out as long as you own it. You just can't do right. sandwich leases, as I understand it. So, so it's still important to understand uh, you know, what the market will bear in terms of a monthly payment. And, um, you know, I usually try to get it as low as I can in, in the, in, with that exact protocol. What's the least you can take? Is that the best you can do? Are you saying that if I don't get you every bit of that, that we can't do business and, and sure. make a determination if, it, if it's worthwhile? And that, that's what you do on every single one of these, the same protocol, and you'll get really good at it. And from there, you make the determination if there's enough spread. And then the next thing you go to, of course, is, well, look, you know, you're getting top of the market monthly on this. You're getting top of the market price on this. Uh, look, can I, can I at least assume that you'll sell this with nothing down if I'm going to give you uh, great monthly payments and uh, a great price? That's only fair that I get one out of the three most important things, isn't it? And see if you can get them to a reasonable, reasonably low to no down payment. From there, you, you make a determination on 
uh, whether that down payment is, is low enough that you can close on it and, and make money yourself on it. Or if it's not, they may say, oh, no, oh, no, you're one of those nothing down guys. I'm not doing that. I got to have at least 20% down. I got to have 10% down, whatever it may be. And the, a rule of thumb that you can use on that is if you can't get them any lower and you really think it's a marketable house and, you know, there, there's some, you can get them down around that 10% range, you know, 20% gets pretty dicey to spend your time on. But, you know, you can always turn these into ACTS deals to the extent that you let them know, ACTS being an acronym for Assignment of Contracts and Terms, um, you can always let them know that, look, um, I'm not saying those terms aren't acceptable to the market, but frankly, they're a little bit too rich for me to come in and close on this immediately. Why don't we do this? Uh, let me take those terms out to the market. I'm going to try to get better than those terms, and that's where I'll make my money from the buyer that comes in here because I'm not the owner-occupant. I'm going to you know, sell this to someone I'm trying to get qualified for a loan. If I can beat those terms, then I'll come in and, and close on this as uh, we just agreed. Uh, but if I get somebody who needs a little bit of flexibility or we need to change this or that, uh, can I expect you to have some flexibility in renegotiating this in a way that makes sense? It'll be your decision. But if, if I can get you to agree on that, the minute we agree on the paperwork, I'll spend my money, my time, my energy, my resources going out and locating that buyer to beat those terms. I just can't guarantee I'm going to close on it right, right away. So on our agreement, I'm going to put 90 days in. If I can't get it sold in 90 days and the market is spoken, that price is too high. Sounds is that perfect. a fair strategy? And that, that's really the conversation that you're going to have uh, with those two free and clear houses, and you're going to try to negotiate uh, you know, the best possible length of time, the best monthly payment, the best month, monthly payment, the best down payment, and the best price, and then memorialize it in an agreement and then get to work. So... Um, Fair enough on, on those two properties? Yes. Uh, by the way, I wanted to add this into it, that uh, those leads were perfected for me by uh, the VAs there. So they're really doing a good job in there as well. You know, I, I have to agree wholeheartedly. I think that Global Publishing and Eagle VA in particular, who you're speaking of, for those of you who may not know, Eagle VA is the virtual assistant service where you can hire them to do all of this legwork that you just spoke, spoke of, it is a huge pain in the neck to do the front end of this business. And you don't have to do the front end of this business. You don't have to call seller after seller after seller after seller and be there to answer the phone after the phone answer the phone on your advertising. You can have virtual assistants doing this work for you so that each day or time that you've allotted to when you want to begin performing real estate deals, you have a stack of leads in front of you some are going to be, no, I won't take terms. Some are going to be, yes, I will take terms. And then you're going to make a decision to call those yes to terms, and you're halfway home. And you can do that at various levels of service using Eagle VA. They're highly trained uh, because there's thousands of students that have come through Ron's system. Uh, him and his staff has really perfected the craft of getting the information, mortgage information, after repaired values, comps, Will they sell for what they owe? Will they lease option? Will they owner financing? All of bedrooms, baths, all that information is handed to you on a silver platter, uh, actually a virtual silver platter, which is known as the DREAM system, uh, which you can learn more about as well. 
But I encourage everybody, as you said, Hugh, to look into Eagle VA. If you aren't using a VA, you're doing things the old school way. I came up in the old school way, and I've got lots of gray hair to prove it <laughs> uh, at 49 years old. And um, I have probably lost, had, we had VAs back then. So uh, I'm a big proponent of using VAs. Well, thank so, you so very much. My pleasure, Hugh. Have a, have a good one. Thank you. Okay, I'm going to go to our next caller. And this is a wireless caller from area code 301. And I don't have a name. So who are you in terms of name and where are you calling from? Can you hear me? I can. Cool. Uh, my name is Arlo. I'm calling from uh, Bethesda, Maryland. Hey, uh, Arlo. Everything with you. What's going on with your Orioles, man? They don't look so good this season. My what? Oh, Orioles. Your Orioles. Watch TV. Then. <laughs> I, I got you. It's better, it's better to not watch TV. What, you know, once you've done you know hundreds of these real estate deals, you have the luxury of doing yeah. completely stupid, brainless, mindless stuff like I, I do, which is yeah. watch baseball. But anyway, Arlo, so tell me uh, what's on your mind. What's going on? Great. Well, well first of all, I wanted to acknowledge that first conversation. That was awesome. I see more value in getting um, uh, using a VA. It's I'm just noticing like today it really hit me. It's like man, my job is getting old. I'm ca constantly calling Fizbos, and and I really put in massive amounts of hours. Like dude, I get up at five every morning and I'm I'm hitting it. You know, and I'm you know as of now I started for three months anyways. I don't want to give you the whole spiel, but that's great. I'm I'm really gonna be I'm gonna have to put stronger consideration to getting a VA and affording it. Um, yeah, you're going to burn, I, I'll just reinforce, you're going to burn yourself out if you don't. The VA is an integral part of the, of the I said that the system has evolved over the years, right? That the, the, the evolution is we use VAs. We don't need to be getting our hands dirty with, with, with a whole bunch of rudimentary stuff that can be handled by much lower paid people than you should be. You should be making, you know, 20 grand minimum on the front end of these, of these deals and it doesn't take that many hours to make 20 grand if you have a VA for hundreds of dollars making the calls for you to feed you the right lead, the qualified lead. Remember, there's five elements to this business. There's generating leads, there's qualifying leads, there's constructing and presenting offers, there's following up, and there's closing quickly. Eagle VA eliminates the first two steps. Are you kidding me? Okay. Quick question along with that. Anyway, go ahead, Arlo. You're going you're to get me on my, uh, on my soapbox here about <laughs> Well, just relevant to that, though, um, like I, I feel like I don't want to spoil myself. I want to get that first deal and then start using the VA. I feel like I want to put in that. I want to eat shit like Gary Varenix always talks about, right? Like kind of eat that first and like really hustle my ass off and see what it's like. And when I, after I get my you, – you, you know this is a family show now, don't you? I'm sorry? I, you know, this is a this is a this is a family show now. Family? Oh, oh, did I cut? <laughs> That's okay. It's nothing I haven't heard before. But anyway, I, I'm teasing okay, you a little no, bit. Go no, ahead. I respect that. I'm sorry about that. Um, it's quite all right. My, my thing is that I don't want to spoil myself. Um, so I'm like putting off the VA because I want to get that first deal on my own first. Is that my pride? Am I being stupid? Or or is you know I mean, no. like get that first sell? You know. No, um, but I, I, my personal view is that that is actually a very uh, good idea, but for different reasons. What you're saying is you want to go ahead and get in the weeds, work in the trenches a little bit, um, yeah. 
and I think, I think it's a good thing to do because you'll better empathize and understand what the virtual assistants go through when, when, you're, you, know, when you end up hiring one uh, to, to do that kind of work for you. So it is worthwhile to do that, but, but what I can tell you is it's costly to do it for too long because there's a risk that you get burned out because this is somewhat of a numbers game. Even when you do get the qualified leads, you know, just because someone says yes to terms to VA doesn't mean you close that deal. And what I find is people get frustrated too quickly and they give up. And, and, and listen, even, even, even me after all these years, you know, I, I may talk to 10 yeses before I, before I even get a decent deal. And, yeah. and, 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 and I've been doing it for a very long time. Other people, you know, they might get a yes right away. Maybe it takes 20, maybe it takes 30. Um, but not okay, everybody is going to business. Yeah. So, so to answer your question, yeah, go ahead, Arlo. No, Sam, so what I'm getting is uh, avoid burnout. You know, it's necessary to kind of get in the weeds a little bit to get that first deal, but use the VA. Got it. I don't want to take up too much of the time. Uh, my main question was, um, so I heard a, a recording of a Q&A phone call that was on the website, and it was really great. And um, what about uh, selling contracts to wholesalers? So I know it's smaller money, but it seems a bit quicker for the time being. So um, my question is, should I negotiate an all-cash with a top seller and use a realtor? Or, or even if I get a contract, right, and um, use a realtor to uh, get, someone, um, get someone to cash them out or a wholesaler to take over the deal just to make a little bit of money for now? You know, I mean, the answer to that question is yes and, 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 and yes. If you remember at the beginning, and I, I hope people were able to, to hear, uh, were you on for the technical difficulties at the beginning? I don't know if I was talking to myself yeah. or not. You yeah, did hear you know, that. Yeah. Okay. I was there. I know okay. I didn't hear anything at the beginning. It was, uh, it was just computer. Was oh, something. Here's the answer to your question. Uh, uh, I mentioned that Ron tries to give you the opportunity to be a transaction engineer. So yeah. that means that if you're running ads or, you know, depending on what, what stra whatever strategy you use to attract sellers, you are going to get someone who's going to call you with an ugly house. And you don't really, I mean, you might, but, but my opinion is better to be a transaction engineer than, than do specifics. I shouldn't say that's my opinion. That's just what I choose to do. I like to take what comes at me. And yeah. So, so in other words, if someone calls you and says, man, I got this you know, house, it, it just needs a ton of repair, I'll give you a good deal with it, I just need to get some moving money and get out of Dodge, I, I got to get out of this city. And, yeah. you know, go, you're not going to say, well, I only focus on pretty houses. You know, you, you're, you're going you're gonna, to uh, do your due diligence and make an offer on it, get it under contract, and then this business, you've you got to think this way. The asset is the contract. Obviously, you can't take a contract to the 7-Eleven and buy a Slurpee and a bologna sandwich. But the contract can convert to cash very easily if it's a good contract. So the money is made in your negotiating of the paperwork. When you get signed paperwork, you've got an asset. If you get signed paperwork that is congruent with what's taught in Ron's system, you've got something as good as cash, something that's pretty liquid. And by liquid, I mean there's been a number of times where I've just gone to a local investment association, one, you know, 
where I haven't even been there in years, and I know there's going to be hungry investors there, and they usually give you a chance to go up to the podium and say, hey, I got this property on, on 3rd and Asbury, and uh, after repaired value is 200000 on it. Here's the comps that substantiate that. Um, and I've got a contract on this for $110,000, and, you know, I'm going to take the highest bidder out in the hallway, and I'm going to sell this thing today. It only needs twenty-five grand to repair. How much are you going to love me if I give you this deal? If so, come talk to me in the hallway at the break. And you'll have people come up to you, and you can make a determination on, you know, who to assign the contract to. Or you can, or you can offer it at a specific price and see who come, comes at you. There's lots of ways yeah. to do things when, when you learn this. And so, so the, the, the long answer that I just gave you is to not, not necessarily turn deals down because they, they aren't exactly what you envisioned your first deal being. Right, right. Got it. That's great. I actually just went to a meetup event um, in uh, Largo, Maryland. It was really great. It was like a, a room of like 50 investors, and they all went up there and pitched their deal and sold contracts and sold deals. It was really cool. That's the way it goes, man. That's the way it goes. I, 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 I I'll, you know, we're, there's quite a lot of people on the line, so I'll, but I'll, I'll, um, I'll just say this because I, I think it's instructive. I, I had a deal many years ago in Chicago for, what was it? It was, I had it under contract for $30,000. It was in a, 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 you know, at the time, not a great area. And that's why I didn't want to do anything with it. But I knew it was worth every bit of 60 to a wholesaler. And I went and, um, I, I went and sold it for only fifteen grand because I just wanted to get rid of it. Anyway, uh, lo and behold, you know, it's almost 20 years later now, that property is worth over a million dollars. And the reason is, is they, they completely regentrified that area of Chicago, and that land was worth a lot. Pristine views of the south side of Chicago. So, you know, there, there, there's an argument sometimes to holding these things instead of wholesaling them, uh, which is a whole other element. But, yeah, I went to a meetup investment association and walked out with 15 grand cash, basically, uh, walked out with the contract, and then they did their due diligence, and we closed on it. So, um, so anyway, I appreciate the call. I'm going to go ahead and move on to our next caller because we do have uh, quite a few here, and I'm, I'm being a little long-winded. So uh, thanks for the call, Arlo. Yeah, thank you, man. Yep. All right, Richard. Richard from 610. I believe that's Pennsylvania, isn't it? Yes, it is. The great keystone state of Pennsylvania. It is a great state, that's for sure. But I always think a keystone is Colorado for skiing and snowboarding, but I'll take your word for it. All right, very good. I know you've got a lot of people online. I just have two quick questions. Uh, the first one, I'm selling a house on a lease option agreement, and I've been offered a car as part of the non-refundable option consideration. I just need I to love know. It. I've never, I've, I've done lease option, I've sold houses on lease option before, but only for cash for the non-refundable option consideration. So my question is, with this car, how, do, how exactly do I write it up on the option part of the lease option agreement? And my second question is, when I call on a house and it's list, I find out it's listed, how far do I go? Do I get all the information and see if I can make a deal and, and then see if they can get it released? Or do I just say, you know, when is it, when's the end of it and I'll call you then? So that's my two questions. All good questions. Morbidly curious, do you know what kind of car it is you're being offered? Uh, it's actually a quad, 
pickup truck, you know, with you can put four people in it or whatever. Um, or in or anything like that. <laughs> I, I, I'm being a little bit facetious. Here's what you do. Okay, obviously there's due diligence that has to be done with respect to the vehicle, right, to make sure it's as, as good as gas. You're probably not going to keep the truck, although you might. Um, I, you know, I've kept uh, various items. I, I, did, I, got a, I got a motorcycle one time. I got a fishing boat one time. Another time, um, uh, I could have had a lawnmower, but I, but I lived in downtown Chicago, so I, I, I didn't take that deal. But, um, I, you know, I, I think others have taken trade uh, frequently. And in fact, it's, it's a good uh, instruction for the rest of the folks on the call here that when you wear out the amount of cash from a lease option uh, buyer, I always, always say, you know, I really like you and I want to put you in this home. And it's just that your non-refundable option deposit is just a little light. I mean, it, 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 is there anything we can do to bolster that? Do you have an asset, a boat, a car, a truck, a, a motorcycle? Is there something of value that you could add in that you don't need right now that, that, that pales in comparison to having this beautiful home? I always ask that, and, and you'd be surprised at the answers you get. I also always ask if they have um, a 401k or an IRA, and without going into great detail on, on this call, you can, they, they, they can, there's a, a method to helping them apply some of that money to the down payment on a, on a house. And there's probably a video on the Gold Club about that. If there isn't, you can use the Ask Ron feature, and, and, and he'll address it on one of his videos. But, so the answer to your specific question is, I would definitely consider taking that depending on, 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 the, on the deal. Um, and, you know, I think it's as simple as doing the due diligence. And you're going to close this with an attorney anyway, so make sure that the attorney understands what's being transacted, gets the advice of the attorney on how to write it up. He's probably going to want to put the VIN number in. You're going to want to check the title for the vehicle and those kinds of things. But I would absolutely say you could accept a car as part of a lease option payment, or even in full. If it was a Bentley, you'd probably take it, for sure. You might take the, uh, take would, the Bentley. Would like that be expressed uh, in the contract? Well, I would let the attorney do it, uh, but, what come, but what, oh, you mean in, in terms of getting your buyer to, to sign? Uh, I, I would just put down a star next to the non-refundable option deposit and say, in addition to whatever cash you're getting, Buyer agrees to transfer title to car with VIN number, you know, X, Y, Z, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, um, and um, and but but then again, don't 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 take that without, without doing due diligence. You don't know if that car is stolen. You don't know what the history is on it. You don't know, you know, if there's a lien holder, any of that. So you know, make sure the, the proper counsel from an attorney on that. But as far as writing it up, you can just write it up simple. And that's another point for everyone on the phone. Quit worrying so much about how you write things up. We close these things with attorneys anyway. Capture the spirit of the agreement. Capture the spirit of the deal. Let people know that you're not an attorney. I's have to be dotted. T's have to be crossed. And for everyone's protection, we're going to have the attorney memorialize the exact verbiage, but it's going to be something like this. And, and get them to okay the agreement, and if something needs to be fixed at the closing, it'll be fixed, as long as both parties are willing to do what you both intended to do in negotiating the deal. On this one, I, I uh, agreed that $5,000 would go toward the non-refundable option consideration when I get the truck. So would that be in the agreement as well? 
Well, how, I don't know how much the yeah, I don't know how much the truck is worth. The the truck is worth about ten thousand dollars, and I offer okay. five. Fine. Is, is there any cash in this transaction? Uh, yes, there's six thousand dollars cash. Okay, so effectively, so so for six thousand cash, you get to keep a truck worth ten thousand. And what is it that you're trying to do with the agreement as far as, I mean, you would apply all of that. You're not going to apply all of that. You're only going to apply. So you're going to give them $5,000 as the value of a $10,000 truck is what you're telling me. Yeah, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give them, on the, on the option agreement, I'm going to give them, of course, the, the $6,000 cash plus right. another $5,000 for a total of $11,000 uh, as a result of getting the truck as well. That's right. So what I neglected to mention, uh, when you put that star in there, uh, to, to, to put an amount next to it, obviously. You know, $5,000 in cash, or what would you say, $6,000 in cash plus uh, a vehicle with VIN number XYZ that we are going to value at $5,000 of non-refundable option uh, deposit. Um, or what, what I would actually rather see you do, now that I think this through a little bit more, is, is instead just knock 5000 off the back end, off the price. Just do that up front. Okay. That would make it I easier. would just 6000 in the car, and, I, and I'll knock 5000 off the price. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, if you get into any kind of situation, you don't want to be calling out the value of, of the car and, and, and that sort of thing, and then have them ask for the money back if the truck turns out to break down on you or something. Yeah, no, I wouldn't do that. It's just um, Ron talks about taking stuff in as trade, you know, whether it's a car or jewelry or whatever, but never get into specifics of, you know, how you write this up in the option portion of the list. Write it, up, write it up the way you think it's fair, and you can always add, uh, you know, subject to attorney edit of uh, this term, and then, and, and then, and then get, get, get it fixed um, if it needs to be fixed. Use attorneys, guys. Don't try to be Perry Mason. So, um, but I think that's good. That's really good, Richard, on that. On your other question, the one about uh, the Realtor, you know, I don't really encourage people to uh, push a Realtor out of a deal. I just ask questions of the seller. What do they want to do? What's going to happen if you don't get it sold? Uh, and those sorts of things. The only time that I'll get involved is, is when they say something like, well, the realtor is my brother-in-law or the realtor is a fireman who actually, you know, just had the license and they're a friend of mine, so they're helping me out. I, you know, I can let, get them out anytime if you want to buy it. You know, in those cases, you might say, well, you know, I, I'm not going to encourage you to uh, uh, discard your realtor, but if you get a release from the realtor or you buy out your, your realtor, then we, can, you know, then we can do business. But with the realtor involved, it's going to be difficult because they're going to want a commission on the asking price, which you know, uh, is going to probably knock this home out of contention for my purchasing it. So unless, you, unless the realtor doesn't want that commission or you can uh, uh, get a release, uh, we ought to probably postpone doing business on this. But I do want the house. I do want to buy it on terms, and I will buy it on terms as long as we can negotiate fair terms. So you've got to tell me what you want to do next. And that's about as far as I'll take it. You do have to be careful of uh, something called, uh, I think it's called tortious interference. And now look, I'm trying to play a lawyer, but you don't want to interfere with that realtor's contract because uh, 
you know, they could have a pretty good case against you for, for, for trying to uh, sneak into a deal underhandedly. So, you know, be careful about doing that. In fact, don't do that. But, but I think you can have a, a conversation of the nature that I just had. Fair enough? Okay, so you don't go through the whole thing and all the scripts and everything on a list no. of house. Nope. I mean, we're talking pretty house business here, right? With ugly houses, you know, you, you don't really have that much conversation with them anyway. You, you, you know, you, you this would you make all be a off. pretty house. Yeah, this would be a pretty house. Yeah, I, I'd say I'd say there's plenty of for sale by owners. Let's let's let, let's leave the realtors do their thing. You can always say, hey, look. I don't want to interfere with the relationship with the realtor. They're not always successful, as you know. You know, when that contract gets close to expiration, you know, would you call me? Because I do want to buy this, but unfortunately I want to buy it on terms, and I don't think the realtor is going to be down with that. And, and just play it that way. Don't, don't get yourself into an adversarial relationship with realtors. That can wreak a lot of havoc on, on your business and create, if you believe in it, bad karma. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank right, you. Richard. Yep, I'm going to move on. So thank you very much. Have fun in the Keystone State. We'll catch up with you next time. And our next question is from 717, which I want to say is Sacramento, but I'm probably wrong. It looks like it's Segway Systems, but I don't have a name. Hi, this is Eric and Marie Stowitz, also from the Keystone State, Pennsylvania. Oh, okay. Well, I definitely had the area code wrong. So uh, all right, Pennsylvania it is. So uh, what did you say your two, your, your guys' names were again? Eric and Marie Stowitz. And you're Marie, I presume. I'm Marie. <laughs> My daughter's middle name is, is Marie, so love the name. And what can I help you two with? Well, we have two questions tonight. Uh, I'm sorry I don't know your name. Uh, my name is Joel Sangerman, and by the way, I'm, so here's our call cue here. I'm going to go ahead and say that we're going to uh, not take any more callers, uh, any more questions, because we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten more questions. So I might go a little bit more rapid fire on this. Um, the last question is, I believe, from either – it says J-A-S, Traffy, uh, or the last question is, it's either Mike Richard or Richard Mike. I just can't tell what the order of these, these are. So anyway, uh, with that, go ahead. What's on your mind, Marie? Hi. Uh, well, we have two questions. Um, we're looking at the down payment assistance program. When, when a tenant buyer um, opts to um, um, participate in that, um, we know that they have to write two separate checks. They write a check for the amount of the rent, and then they write another check for the amount they want to pay over the rent. Uh, our question is this. What if we are using um, an online system, an electronic system, where they can log into a portal and pay um, you know, electronic transfer? How would that work then if they're going to do the down payment assistance program and pay more than the rent? It's very, it's very simple. It's a good question. It's a, it's a very simple answer. Just have them do it the exact same way. If, if, if they write you a check, that check is still going into uh, your same account, presumably. So there's no reason they can't make two electronic funds transfers to your account, to your account and, and have them well, write in the memo. 
Go ahead. We we realize that, but um, also we um, have a dollar um, courtesy fee or convenience fee, as what it is, a two dollar convenience fee. So that would make it four dollars then for them to do the two transactions. Come on, we Marie. Gonna... I know we're not going to be worried about four dollars, are we? Well, I don't know if they will. <laughs> <laughs> well, if they are, they're probably, you know, they're probably, if, if somebody, if, listen, any of you, if you have lease option buyers out there that start complaining about $4, I'm just telling you right now, you're going to have problems with them, okay? I don't take that kind of stuff from people. I mean, you know, say, look, okay, I'll tell you what, I'll make you the deal of the century. I will give you 500% of that $4 fee off the price for every time you do it. So what's that going to cost you? Twenty, you know. I mean, you, you can you can you can knock it off the price if you want to. I mean, you could even knock it off the rent. I mean, four dollars. Come on, let's be real now. Okay. Don't worry about that. Just but you're doing it exactly correctly um, because they may be forced to show that when they go to qualify for the loan to show what they put in as down payment and, uh, versus versus rent. So okay. uh, good question. Hopefully that was a satisfactory answer. Yeah, yeah, thank you. My uh, pleasure. I'm gonna, we, we have one more question. Oh, okay. Uh, my second question is, I've been negotiating with a seller who is buying his house via owner financing from another gentleman. How do I buy this house from him when he's already in the middle of an owner finance deal himself? I'm not sure I followed what you just said. Is that, are we talking about the same house? I'm talking about I'm trying to buy a house from a seller. He's selling um, for sale by owner, but he is buying the house himself. From buying, buying a whose house? A totally, a totally different house? No, the one he's living in that I'm trying to buy, he doesn't oh. have a mortgage. Oh, she, okay. In other words, it, so he wants to transfer his financing over to you, essentially. Well, is that how we would do that? Well, it, it, so if it's transferable, you don't know if it is. You need to look at the note and mortgage that he has. You're, you're saying he bought the house with owner financing, right? He's already bought the house with owner and now he wants to move. But, um, so so you, what you have to do is you have to check and make sure that that loan is transferable or if it's due on sale. If it's due on sale and it's from a uh, private lender, those are due on sale clauses that definitely could be called due. Uh, a bank is much less apt to do it, but a private, a private seller, you never know. So, you, you know, you would need to, I would suggest you get permission, um, you know, unless, unless it's not due on sale. Keep in mind, well, we do this all the time. We buy with owner financing. We set the, the terms to not be due on sale so that we can transfer a house that we bought with owner financing. So now it's right. just in reverse. You're asking that seller, who bought a house with owner financing, and you're going to be the buyer of it. You can do it, but you need to have the ducks in a row and know the facts. So I would do your due diligence, take a look at the mortgage and the note that was created on that house, and look for a due-on-sale clause. If there is not one, then he can, he, he, he can very likely transfer it to you, get an attorney involved, and, uh, and close on it if you can. Okay, I did ask him if I could see a copy of the agreement he has with his um, seller. The seller, he's and he didn't want to uh, let us look at that. So 
Well, that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. You, you're going to have to explain to him that you, you really expect to sell, sell your house on owner financing to me with me not knowing what the underlying financing is on this. I mean, if yeah. you, you yeah. know, and I would tell him, don't you realize that even if you have someone coming and buy this house for cash, someone's going to have to get a payoff statement of that loan. That loan just doesn't stay out there into perpetuity. When someone comes in with all cash, it, you know, they usually have a lender who needs to see the underlying loan. So I'm not trying to be Inspector Gadget here and get it all into your business, but I'm trying to get, you know, get you a good deal on this house that I can work with. So, you know, I, you know, I need to be able to work with people who are going to work with me. So, you know, help me out here. Let me look at the note of mortgage so I can figure out the best way to help you. That's all I'm trying to do, man. And if you get problems with that, like Ron said, whack them. Next. Yep. Next. <laughs> cool. All right. Thank you, Joel. Yep. Thanks. Um, hey, and just for everybody else uh, who's on the phone, because we do have quite a few to go, go through, I hope you won't mind if I'm a little bit more rapid fire in answers. I don't mean to be rude if, um, if I answer quickly. I spent too much time with some people maybe on the front end. Hopefully there are instructive questions, but I would like to get through our remaining folks here, so I, I'm going to do it just a little bit more quickly if I can. So uh, hopefully no one's insulted by that. And our next question is from, it looks like uh, I have JAS Traffy from 603. And um, I guess, you know, tell me your first name and where you're calling from. Yeah, my name is Jim, and I'm in New Hampshire. Good afternoon. Hey, Jim, how are you, and what can I do for you? Um, our question is, is when we have especially a free and clear uh, seller uh, who has concern about capital gains, uh, they're willing to sell for terms, but should our unique selling proposition make any reference to you know, potential benefits of capital gains with terms, and if so, why not, or if not, why not? I mean, you know, it, there's a good argument to be had there, and what, what, there's an article. I think it, you, you might want to just Google uh, capital gains implications of selling with owner financing. I think there's a good uh, article uh, advocating for doing that, that, and you can send that to your, your seller. But frankly, I don't get into, I don't like to get into a lot of those discussions with the seller because, you know, what it comes down to is will they or won't they? Uh, I'm not going to pay all cash for the house because that's not my business model. I will buy it on owner financing terms, but you're going to have to make a determination on you know, whether you want to do that or not. Uh, many will say that selling on owner financing terms is better uh, from a tax standpoint than selling for all cash. It just depends on your unique situation. And frankly, I'm not you and I'm not qualified to make that judgment for you. So you'll have to make that judgment. But what I am here to do is tell you that I can buy your house and I can buy it on these terms. We just need to negotiate them. And I would keep it as, sim as simple as that, Jay. I mean, okay. Jim. Sounds Fair good. Enough? Yes. All right, my friend. Google that article, and uh, we'll talk to you next time. All right, great. Thanks. Thank you. Okay, I have, uh, I have someone from the 250 area code, and it's, it's spelled O-Kang-Missin. BC. So I don't know if that's British Columbia. Um, but anyway, who am I speaking with? Hi, this is Rob from Kelowna, BC, Canada. Oh, okay, Rob. That's pretty funny Hi. because it said I can't and and you said nope, this is just Rob. But hey, Rob, what can we do for you? Hi. Hey, thanks for the, answering my question here. Uh, um, I was just wondering. I don't know what your uh, experience is in Canada, but can can we do subject two in Canada? 
I, I have to be completely honest. I have absolutely no clue. I've never done a deal in Canada. Um, I don't see why not, but I could be wrong about that. Um, if you can't do subject to, I, I would have to believe that you could still create a wraparound mortgage with somebody and, uh, and just close it with owner financing. A lot of times uh, I'll, I'll opt to do owner financing or a wraparound mortgage instead of subject to just for the benefit of the seller. Uh, in fact, I did one like that recently only because the seller and his wife they uh, had a second child. They were moving. They wanted the debt relief. They were perfectly willing to sell it subject to, but the wife made a comment that, you know, we're going to uh, want to buy a house again in a couple of years. It's just we're going to rent for a while. And I knew that taking it over subject to would possibly hurt them in the loan qualification process. Right. So we went ahead and wrapped it and made it owner financing so they could claim the, the income against that debt uh, that I'm paying. Now, I still pay the bank directly, um, but – it's set up in a fashion where they'll be able to get uh, credit for it. So, um, sorry, I can't uh, okay. be 100% certain, and I just, you know, I don't, I, I don't want to say, uh, I don't want to answer something I'm not certain of. Okay. But no, Ron teaches a system in Canada, so I'd have to believe, you know, maybe there's some peculiarities up there, but I know you can, you can mm -hmm. use Ron's system in Canada. There's a lot of Canadians who do very well in Ron's system. All right, told me about. All right, thank you very much. Yes, sir. Uh, you too, Rob. Take care, Rob. Thanks. I just I didn't mean to hang up on you so abruptly there, but uh, thanks, Rob, for that question from uh, the Northern Territory there. And I think this might be Shirley Willis on the phone. Is that right? 203? Shirley? Hi, this is Fernandez from Connecticut. How are you? Oh, I'm sorry. I, I didn't catch what your first name is. Fernando. Fernando, Fernando, how are you from Connecticut? What's on your mind, Fernando? Yes, um, I have um, a potential here with uh, free and clear, and uh, I guess two questions. One, he's currently renting it at a, at a decent rent. It's uh, 1800 okay. um And he's been renting it for several years, but right now he's got it on the lease for a year. So when I structure the owner financing, obviously I want to get the lowest payment as possible and mm -hmm. to your uh, even sacrifice offering at a higher price. But um, what's the argument there from uh, from a owner wanting to have either the same amount as rent yep. or more? Yeah, that's a good question, and, and I just had this conversation this, this weekend, actually, and, and here's what, what I say every single time, is, look, you're, you're getting uh, $1,800 a month on this from, from your tenant. Uh, that probably feels good, getting $1,800, but let me ask you, you like being a landlord? You like getting those calls about the ice maker in the refrigerator? Doesn't work? You like getting the call about the toilet? It's really not that fun, is it? In fact, you'd probably rather not be a landlord, wouldn't you? And have that conversation, reminding them of what it's like to be a landlord and say, look, here's the deal. 1800 is probably the top of the market for rent, and congratulations on getting it. But I have to have a reason for being involved, so I'm, you're going to need to work with me on that payment. And the reason that you should is because the, the minute that I come in and buy this house from you, you're not going to have to hear 
from me other than hearing the cha-ching of my checks hitting your bank account until we cash you out on the financing that we, we put on this property. And you aren't going to have to deal with maintenance. You aren't going to have to deal with repairs. You aren't going to have to deal with anything because I'm not a normal tenant buyer or are, are you buying this on a lease option or on, a, on owner financing? You're buying it on owner financing, you said, right? You're buying it on owner financing or a lease? Owner financing. Yeah. So look, man, you, you, uh, you're going to get a little bit less monthly payment on this thing, but man, do the headaches go away. And getting rid of headaches has a lot of value. So I'm going to ask you to work with me here and get that payment down. And keep in mind, you've got that big back-end payday that's not dialed down by realtor commissions and inspection headaches and all the other things that come with selling a house for cash. I'm going to get you the maximum payday on this plus monthly income. But I need you to get that payment down lower because I've got to have a reason to be in this. I'm only going to be able to get 1800 and I've got to you know, uh, you know, take care of this property uh, as if it's my own because it is. So can I get you to come down on that payment a lot lower? What's the best you can do? And you just have to make that case, Fernando. Some will, some won't, and you have to have the attitude of so what next if they won't go lower and if they will. You have to make a determination on is the deal good enough to deal with you know, low cash flow. If they won't move off the 1800 maybe they'll move off the price. Maybe you can you know, pick up some equity. Maybe they'll do it with no down payment, and you can take that out in the market and sell that owner financing where you, know, you pick up 25 grand a, a, as an option deposit and then add 25 grand onto the back end of, of the price and not even have to worry about the monthly uh, spread. So you know, you've got three big metrics that you work with here, the down payment, the price, and the monthly. And ideally, you want all three of them to go your way, but when one won't go your way, like rent, maybe you can wreak havoc on the other two, and that's the strategy. Right. Cool? Okay. Yeah. All right, Fernando. Thanks, man. I really appreciate you calling in, and have a great evening up in Connecticut. We'll go to our next caller here. Uh, like I said, guys, I'm going to go ahead and knock, knock uh, these out here, ending with... Uh, how you doing? Mike or Richard. And yeah, how you doing? This is, um, this is somebody from Georgia, I think, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's uh, Roy and Shirley. And just a quick question. Uh, we have enrolled in the Quick Start for the first time, and we're looking over the material before we actually go to the school coming up mm -hmm. in the near future. And uh, the thing about um, Ron was recommending very strongly that you'd be better off if you do get a real estate license. We hadn't really planned on that. I just wanted your comments on that. Or maybe have you gotten a real estate license over the years after so many deals? Or what are your thoughts on actually having a real estate license when you get involved with a pretty house deal, buyer and seller, and so forth? Well, one of the great things about Quick Start, and if you haven't attended Quick Start, you ought to attend Quick Start because there's a whole discussion on this very point. You do not have to be a realtor to do this business. Uh, I personally am an advocate of doing it even though I'm not a realtor myself. And the reason I'm not a realtor myself is because I have relatives who are who will do the realtor work for me. But one of the best reasons to, that, that I advocate for, for uh, becoming a realtor is I don't think the disadvantages of just having to do all the disclosures, which you have to do when you're a licensed professional, uh, you know, it can complicate your yellow letter campaign, which I don't know if you know about yet, but it's one of the ways that we attract sellers if you learn about a quick start. You know, there's certain disclosures right. that you make and there's certain responsibilities that you have as, as a realtor. 
and you have to run a very tight game and a very tight ship, and that's totally fine um, because this because the system works very well uh, even when you are a realtor. And the reason I say that is because it affords you uh, an extra option when you get no leads. All of these for sale by owners. In fact, I, I'll go out on a limb and say that 95, if not more than 95% of for sale by owners, all these lead sheets that the VAs produce that say no, all these callers that folks, you know, the, the first person I spoke with tonight said he's making call after call after call after, after call, and they're all no, 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 I want to cash out. Guess what's going to happen? More than 95% of them are going to end up signing with a realtor. They aren't going to sell their house for cash by owner. That almost never happens. When it does happen, it's because a realtor called them. They brought a buyer in. The buyer perceives the realtor services is free. And, uh, and, and the realtor says, hey, I have a buyer, but you've got to pay me a co-op. Will you give me a commission? And then they negotiate a commission with that seller, and that seller ends up paying a commission anyway. So my, so my thought is if, you, if you've gone through the whole rigmarole, the whole script, and tried to get terms, tried to get everything you can, and they still say no, you can always say, look, uh, I, I really enjoyed this conversation. Your house looks very marketable. I hadn't planned on doing this. You know, I really want to buy it. It doesn't seem like you want to sell it in a way I can buy it, but I'll tell you this much. If you're, gonna, if you're only going to sell it for cash and someone who can close in 30 days, you're going to need the, the help of a realtor, and I'm the best one in the game. I'm not out soliciting listings, but I'll go ahead and list this property for you if you want, and I'll help you get this thing sold in the way that you want it for the best price and give that whole realtor spiel at the very back end. And I'll tell you what, you can pick up some listings that way, and you'll probably outperform all other realtors just because of the rapport you created on the front end with the, with the seller. And you can pick these listings up and, and, and go meet them at the kitchen table and get a listing agreement and, and make money that way, a lot of it, because you're going to be generating a lot of leads, and there's going to be a lot of no's. So I'm going to advocate for doing that yourself or – having a relationship with a realtor and back-ending it that way as, look, uh, so let's say you decide to not be a realtor. I'd like everyone on this call to have this conversation to your nose. When they're a definitive no, and it's not a matter of you following up, and they're a definitive no, um, a heck no even, just say, look, let me, let, let me help you out here. Um, you probably have 30 realtors calling you a day on this house trying to solicit a listing. You know I didn't do that, right? You know I'm a real buyer. I'm trying to buy it. Real estate expert, I understand you don't want to sell it on the terms that, that I want to buy it, and that's fine. I sell houses all the time for cash myself. Uh, but I want to help you out. I'm the best realtor in town. I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, I have the best realtor in town as part of my organization. Uh, they're affiliated with us. It's a different end of our business. Let me hook you up with them so you can get the best counsel and the best advice. Is that fair? I'll send them out to your house. You can have a discussion of selling it the way you want to and deal with someone competent instead of some of these schmendricks who are calling you on your on your Craigslist or your Zillow ad trying to solicit a listing and they're going to do nothing more than drop it in the computer and just wait. You don't want that kind of realtor. There's tons of them out there that act like that. Let me get you a good one. Can I do that for you? Have that conversation and you'll be hooking your friend up and then, you know, you, maybe you'll have some kind of an agreement with your friend, but you know, you, you, you'll be able to get somebody a whole lot of listings and maybe that favor will be returned to you. Cool? Great, great, uh, great answer there. We're, we're encouraged by your answer for sure. So any percentages that you pay a realtor that you select, I guess that's all over the place. That's just something that will kind of fall out. I mean, it will become obvious what kind of, uh, you know, deal you want to make with the actual realtor that yeah. you work with. 
That's right. You'll have to negotiate that. But that's the way you play it, and you'll learn all this in Quick Start. So congratulations, uh, Roy and Shirley, for signing up for Quick Start. It'll be an unforgettable journey that you'll go on for four days. This is Shirley, and I have one quick question. How many attorneys turn you down and don't want to work with you on the pretty house deals? Oh, my gosh. I'm trying to think of a, of, a, of a lawyer joke, and I've got about 50 of them coming into my head, none of them appropriate. <laughs> but, no, I, I don't have any difficulty getting attorneys. Um, the, the difficulty in getting attorneys happens when you go and try to get an attorney before you have a deal because the attorney's like, why am I wasting my time? This person doesn't even have a deal for me to close. I don't want to, you know, time is money for an attorney. They, they're paid by the hour. So my suggestion is go get a deal. Go get the paperwork agreed. The paperwork, you know, may, is going to be edited by, by the attorney uh, to some degree. Um, but it's much more effective to call up the attorney and say, my name is Shirley. I've negotiated a deal on 123 Main Street. I need some competent advice. I'm not 100% sure we have the paperwork correct. Um, you know, uh, how much per hour to, to close this deal for me? And that's the way you do it. You know, they're in the business of offering counsel on actual deals. They're not in the business of educating and coaching and mentoring people. Who, and let's, let's face it, a lot of people, you know, are big talkers and never do anything. And, and attorneys have been burned a hundred times by those kinds of people, as have realtors. That's why, that's why investors tend to get a bad reception sometimes. So, so uh, the answer to that question is don't worry about it. Go get a deal. And then, and then bring the attorney in to, to, to close it. There? Okay. Listen, I, that was an absolutely wonderful answer. Thank you. My pleasure. My pleasure, Shirley and Roy. Have a great quick start, and I'm going to move on to the next caller here. And it's from 513. It says wireless caller. So uh, who am I on the phone with? Hi, uh, this is Max. Uh, uh, I have a question regarding a lease option. Can you hear me okay? Yes, Max. How are okay, you? so where, good. Where are you calling from, by the way? Where are you at? Oh, Cincinnati. Cincinnati, Ohio. Cincinnati. All right. Hey, Pete Rose Day is coming up pretty soon. That's my guy, so. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, uh, hopefully I won't take too long. Uh, so I've got uh, this. I'm working on my first deal, actually. This is a lease option. Uh, the house needs a little bit of work. And um, I don't have a lot of, I mean, I, I don't know uh, that I can get too much for, uh, you know, as a down payment on this house. So I'm trying to get a little bit of uh, equity by asking the seller to um, basically agree to the price um, at the, not agree to a price, but um, uh, agree to the balance at the end of of the term, basically, not to exceed, let's say, the 120,000 sale price. And uh, she's 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 refusing or she she's a little bit reluctant, uh, and so I'm trying to figure out what's the best way to handle this objection, and uh, hopefully kind of make a little bit of equity spread. Uh, you know, Matt, Matt, I might have missed it. I might have missed it. Um, there was a little bit of interference on my line. I, I'm not sure I, what the objection was. What what what, what was the objection? So what was the, the objection is um, the objection is we agreed first we agreed on a sale price or a purchase price of 120 and then like I said the house needs uh, needs some work uh, my estimates are about 30 grand and the house is worth maybe is this, is this, it's, this it's is worth a cash 150 offer? to 150. no it's not yeah, it's actually a lease option 
It's at least if it's you go into a two-year two lease option, uh, the uh -huh. month, the down payment is reasonable. Uh, it's about a thousand, and I can probably get twelve fifty uh, rent. But the purchase price, uh, because because there's no down payment, monthly payment, right? There's no down payment. No down payment, zero down. Okay. Uh, she agreed to a thousand dollar month. Thousand yeah. month, one hundred and twenty okay. purchase price, but it needs thirty thousand repairs. It needs to be yeah, thirty to thirty-five. What's the R max? I'm sorry, what? What's the R of the after repaired value? The R is about one fifty, one fifty-five. And so okay. my question is regarding um, the purchase price. I I specified that I will. I agree to one hundred and twenty. Uh, right. I actually I put a star in the purchase prices, and I said. Mm -hmm. Purchase price to equal loan balance, um, yeah, you know, at cash out, not to exceed one. What is the loan balance, by the way? What's the loan balance? Well, I don't. She she won't disclose it yet. Uh, yeah, and I this, know this, she is, will have... this is a turd. This is not. I do not like this deal. Uh, too many red flags here. Yeah. Okay. First no, of all, have... when you're dealing in the terms business, you guys have to believe me on this. What you get early on from people is what you get later on from people. Okay, I know, and everybody here, everybody that does uh, this business ought to go in with the attitude of I'm offering someone an opportunity to sell their house in a way that actually gets them more money. If I perform exactly the way I say I'm going to perform, they're going to get more money than they would selling it the traditional way. And you need to go in with that attitude. And uh, when someone looks a gift horse in the mouth, and wants to play these games of, yeah, I got $30,000 worth of repairs on this ugly, dilapidated house. I mean, 30000 is a lot of repairs. I can only imagine the condition of this on a grand property. And this person won't even give you the mortgage balance so you can help them out. I, honestly, I don't have enough patience to even talk about a deal like that. Whack them. I would whack them. If you don't, okay. don't want to whack them, if you don't want to whack them, you can always, you can always just say, look, those terms are really hefty. There's a lot of repairs here. You're not even sharing the mortgage. I've got to know the mortgage balance. You don't do anything. If you can't get the mortgage balance out of somebody, move on. You know, as I explained right. earlier, you know, in any, yes. in any transaction, it's going to be disclosed what the mortgage balance is because it has to be paid off. So let me know yeah, what the mortgage balance is. Yeah, so I agree. Get that. Yep. Yeah. I'm sorry, go ahead. So, We'll move on to another deal, but if you want to get it under contract, go ahead and get it under contract after you've learned that the mortgage balance is at least lower than this, and you, could, you, you can go ahead and advertise it in, into the market and see if you can do a work for equity. But get, uh, somebody right. coming in, repair something up for thirty grand, you know, uh, on 120 house, house is, is not going to be easy. It's going to be really hard, actually, yeah. and it probably won't even uh, cut mustard as far as occupancy, so you get yourself in a, it's just too, it's a dog, man, that's a dog. Right, right. Move on. No, I, I agree, uh, and I, I, like I said, I won't take too much of your time. Since I know you're the option options expert, I did have one one more question, if you don't mind. If not, I know if, if it's too late, I'll wait until next next I'll month. Hit with it. Hit with it. What, what okay. is it? Okay, so so when um, when you're trying to negotiate an option, uh, actually I had a call with a seller today, and uh, I offered to auction their house, and I told them it's a risk-free, it's basically risk-free to you. Um, so let's say a house is worth, let's say 200, the the seller is asking 200, and I, what would you, you know, if 
I, I read that you can actually allow the seller to try kind of to sell the house at the same time that you're trying to option it. And if so, yeah. at what price should I option this house? Let's say, let's say I, you know, it's worth 200 and I, yeah. I would need to obviously negotiate it down, let's say, to 180 and I can sell it for, for 200 But when I go to market it, um, how can I market it at the same time as the seller? You know, if he has his Fisbo sign or you know his ad selling for two hundred, um, do I advertise it at the same price? So what's what's the process? Max, Max I, I I got the gist of it. Uh, what you're talking about is a, is a good strategy, but if you're gonna if you're gonna use that strategy, I I don't like to put myself in a situation where I'm gonna be stepping where we're gonna be stepping all over each other trying to sell it. If I have to compete with them, I'd rather, I really would rather just move on. You know, a real, you know, generally realtors aren't going to allow people to do that unless you actually call out who the, sell, you know, who the buyers would be, like a relative, a family friend. You know, you've you got to let them know that, look, the, the minute we agree on this option, you've got to understand I'm putting my money, my time, my, my energy, my resources into this. And if I'm going to right. do that, I, I, you know, it needs to be worth my while. Um, if you want to continue, then, then maybe it's not best for us to do it. But the, you know, so I, I get rid of that problem, and then okay. um, instead of doing what you, this, this is, you know, uh, I'm going to expound on it because I think it's important. There's a couple ways of doing this, and um, what you get taught at Quick Start is you, you can just do a straight option on a property. But there's there's a there's a method that I prefer that I, I think Ron would sanction, which is I think it's stronger to actually get a purchase and sale agreement. And just be straight up with instead of instead of just straight option agreement. I think it, it especially if you're not a realtor. I think it's better, in my opinion, to to say, all right, look. Uh, now, first of all, I, you know, we didn't even talk about whether they're willing to take terms or not. I assume this is someone who won't take terms, but you know, you're they going to do an option, right? So let's so you get the lowest price that you can get, whatever it is, and say, listen, let's do this. I do have a market of buyers. They are mostly terms buyers. That's why I wanted to buy it with terms. But, you know, we do have people who are qualified today and have cash. Um, I'd like to at least take this property out to that market and see what I can get. So why don't we write it up? Let's write it up for whatever price, you know, 150, 160, 170, 180, whatever you come to. And let's write it up. Uh, I'd like you to give me 90 days on this because I I am going to spend a fair amount of money, time, energy, resources trying to attract uh, the person, if it's not someone that's on my, my list. Um, and uh, if I get that buyer, then I'll, um, I'll make what I can over and above our price. But let's write it up at that price with a closing to be uh, within 90 days. Fair enough. And then just write that contract up. You know, and then instead of giving an option deposit, just give them an earnest money check for ten bucks, hundred bucks, whatever you want to do. Right. And, okay. um, and, and, and then you, you, to me, to me, uh, that's a better way of doing it. So anyway, I just wanted to put that out there in case anyone's just thinking about that. So, all right, man. Hey, thanks a lot for your call. Thanks, Joel. Move on to- yeah, my pleasure. Have a great night in Cincinnati, and right, we'll catch you next time. Max, take care. Let's go to area code 407. I've got an unknown caller, but it's area code 407. So uh, who's this, and where are you calling from? Hello. Can you hear? Uh, is this? Can you hear me? I certainly can. Oh, okay. Yeah, this is Joseph and my wife, Arlene, here in uh, Orlando. We're looking forward to the four-day class this week. Um, And we've got a uh, a house that uh, the seller is uh, 
wanting to sell it at uh, 263. Uh, just let's see, that's free no. and clear. Mortgage is 255, but she wants closing costs in there for a grand total of 263. Um, comps are about uh, 20, 30 grand over that, so it's a good deal. Uh, but she wants to um, she wants to be uh, cashed out. She be, she, her husband has uh, some medical situations that are right. Their bills are rising. Yeah. Uh, cancer, and uh, so she she that's why they're selling. Okay. This is their second house, and that's why they're trying to get uh, sell it. But uh, when what, we presented uh, the uh, options, uh, the opportunity to to either do seller financing or the uh, wraparound, uh, she doesn't want the house. Uh, still in her name, she wants. Uh, she doesn't want to, she wants to avoid any potential lien. Well, what, what, what's wanted and what's needed to be done are often two different things. So, uh, what's the monthly payment on this? Uh, it's about grand total about sixteen hundred, sixteen or seventeen hundred. Can I presume that you could get every bit of that in rent in Orlando? Absolutely. Oh, absolutely, especially for that area. Absolutely. Uh, listen, this is a subject to deal, okay? There's not enough equity. This is a subject to deal. Uh, the the loan, how, how long of a term did she say she would give you if it did end up being owner financing, by the way? She wouldn't do owner financing. No, she, she, she didn't want to do owner financing. She won't do it. Well, okay, well, so why are we even talking about it? She won't, she won't take any kind of terms, you're saying? Um. Well, we thought there might be an opportunity there to try to work something out. Uh, because no, but it's going to require her being reasonable, and here's the way that discussion goes. Um, you say the house is worth about, what, 280 uh, In that, yeah, comps, uh, about 280 yeah, 280 290 Okay. All right, so, so look, I, I would run some comps on it, show her the lowest comps. You know, you can send them to her. You can, you know, do a share screen meeting, you know, with them where you can show them your screen and show them what you're pulling up. Just say, look, you owe 255 on this. You've, there's going to be closing costs, as you mentioned. Uh, the house is only worth, you know, let's say 270. Don't you think that a buyer is going to want a discount off the price when they come in with all cash? Don't you think that a realtor is going to want a commission? Before you know it, there's not going to be enough money to even pay off the underlying loan. So if you want to spend the next three or four months with all that you're going through, and I you know, empathize with you having to go through that. I've been through that myself. I actually really have. Um, then you know, I wish you all the luck in the world uh, with that. Um, but I'm saying I can buy this house from you right away. I, I, the loan will stay in your name, but I, I don't want it in your name long. Uh, but we're going to make the payments on this thing until we get it cashed out. I can't tell you when it's going to be cashed out uh, of your name, but the sooner the better as far as I'm concerned because that's when I get paid. But I'll take over this debt from you, get you out of the situation, and you can have one big pain in the neck project off of your list so you can focus on what's going on in your life. But I'm just telling you right now, that's the only way I can buy this is with some kind of terms. I can't come in and cash this out for you immediately because I need the time to get my buyer qualified for a new loan. The people I work with aren't ready to qualify right now. They've either got a new business that they've started. There's something you know with their credit that's simple that we need to, to fix. And okay. uh, that's what we specialize in doing. Um, so okay. if you'll work with me, yeah, that's, that's the wrap. Some will, some won't, and you move on if they won't. I, I'll tell you what. This would be one that I would call back every few weeks because that right. situation could could get worse for her well, and their and 
And here's, here's her fear is that she's the reason, um, because we had also passed it through to Ron, and one of the recommendations that he made was even more so because she's worried about liens being put in her name since her husband's cancer bills are escalating. And so he said, well, that's you know, a good reason for her reason, Right, yeah. and even more reason for her to... For her to I would make that it. point. Yes, and we it, did. We told yeah, her I would make that piece, point. Yeah, she, we, um, we told her once you sign the deed over to us, then they can't put a lien on the home. But the, but the problem was or is that she won't hold on to the the loan, at, although she did say, I'll have to ask my husband, but I don't think he's going to want to hold on to the loan. Guys, listen, I, I, here's the thing, okay? And I, and I don't mean this uh, as anything against you guys because everybody does this, especially at first in real estate. You can't force square pegs into round holes. You already talked to Ron about this. You're talking to me about it now. You are really trying to force this deal. And it, it, it's only a deal if they're willing to operate in the way we're offering. And you make the offer and you follow up, but don't get emotionally attached and, and, um, and push, push, push on the same deal. There's hundreds of these out there. And, okay. and you put yourself in a position to follow up with her because, listen, 50% of the deals I do are in the follow-up. There's situations like this that worsened in two weeks, two months, six months, eight months, nine months down the road. Develop a rapport, develop a relationship, let them know you're still out there, we still want to buy it. Hey, look, we talked three months ago, that's what, almost $5,000 in payments you've made on this thing that you went ahead and made. Are you ready to do this deal with me or not? I really like you, I empathize with this situation, I want to get you out. But you just paid five grand unnecessarily, you're going to pay another five grand before you learn right. the lesson? Right. No, and you just keep doing that. But don't right. beg, don't beg, right. don't leave. Don't force. It doesn't work. Okay. And that's a fundamental kind of a Ron system. And that's why when you go to Quick Start and, and you, you sit there with Ron for four days and you listen to him role play, he doesn't beg anyone for anything. He just lets them know the facts. And that's what, okay. you, that's what you guys got to do. And, I, and I, will, I, I will predict that if you handle it in this way, where you don't seem desperate to buy their house, right. um, you, you may end up getting this house in a few weeks down the road. So I'd stay on them. But, but, but that's the feedback I have for you on these deals that are definitely subject to deals. Cool? Okay. Excellent. All right. Thank uh, you. Thank you so much. Excellent. Thank you. Yep. You guys have a great evening, and I'm going to go to our next caller. Uh, and for those of you who are hanging with me, appreciate it. I know we've gone long, but I, I just hate to turn people down there in the queue here. So uh, let me uh, grab – this is someone from 201 – uh, but it says unknown. So who's on the phone with me here? Uh, Angel from uh, Jersey. Angel from Jersey. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. Uh, I'm new to this real estate investing. Um, been wanting to be, uh, you know, be in action in real estate, but I just kind of like, for the lack of a better terminology, lack of know-how to do it. And so I uh, researched online and I found Ron Legrand. Yes, sir. What's your question, Angel? Um, I guess if, if I sign up for the uh, 297 package, uh, the virtual assistant, will that provide me, uh, I guess, uh, a deal from soup to nuts within 60 days? 
No. You are going to have to do work yourself. The VA will do a lot of that work for you, but you are still going to have to perform. There is nothing out there on the market where you buy something for $297 a month and tens of thousands of dollars fall in your lap. Okay? You've got to go out and get the proper training. You get the proper training, and, and then you hire the right resources to implement the parts of the training that make sense to be implemented by others. So I appreciate that question. If anyone's under the impression that you hire a VA and money falls in your lap, that's not the way it works. Okay? You have to get trained. So, so what I'm going to encourage you to do is take the money and get into Quick Start. Find a way to get into Quick Start. You can finance Quick Start. Definitely, you know, uh, use the Gold Club resources and, and get that training where you hire people to, to run your business. There? What, uh, another, another question. Can I do this, like, uh, I guess being situated in New Jersey, like from any other part of the country. Yep, that is the beauty of this business. You could be you could be in Perth, Australia, and do this business. All you really need is the the internet and some training and boots on the ground. All stuff that you will learn in Quick Start. And um, you know, I'd love to uh, sit here and, and 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 talk you through all the vast benefits of learning this, but uh, it's definitely a great way of creating wealth for the long term or creating quick chunks of cash, and there's techniques that are taught on both sides of that ledger, if you will, and, uh, but you do have to get the training. You do have to Thank get the training. So Thank you My uh, pleasure. It's already, on the, it's already on the table. I'm queued up to, to go to the quick start in the next, Absolutely. I think, in the next one coming up. If not, Orlando, the yeah. next one coming up. That's an excellent decision. It's an excellent decision, and as I told someone else, it'll be a wonderful experience for you. And I'll just add that those of you who go to Quick Start, you're allowed to go to more Quick Starts. Sometimes you don't get all the information retained the first time because there's a lot of information that's presented. You know, these guys work really hard and really long during those days to get you the best education. So you have an opportunity to go to even more of them within the first year. So. Anyway, great decision, Angel. I'm going to move on to our next call. We only got a couple more left here. Uh, this is, uh, is this Richard or Mike? Uh, my name is Stan. <laughs> okay, I don't know why it says Richard or Mike, but uh, anyway, how are you and uh, where are you from? I'm doing well. I'm from New York, New York City, but I'm actually uh, situated my business in Buffalo, New York. So the question that I have is about uh, student housing. And the question is uh, how to advertise to students only and not to get our ads on fire. I'm talking about fair housing rules and about student renting. Yeah, I mean, I'll say this, that my expertise is not in student housing, but uh, Dixie Decker is the queen of student housing. She's got a wonderful system out there, and I think it would be a great course to, to uh, go through if you're in that business. And the short answer that I have for you on that is the best place to attract students is on campus. So I hope that's not too trite of an answer, but there's all sorts of ways to advertise there. I would, go, I would work with the admissions office, and um, you know, I would check out Dixie Decker's website, which I don't know what it is, but I think you could probably find it through Global Publishing or uh, on the uh, Gold Club and uh, she's probably got some free articles or videos in there that address that question more competently than I can. Is that fair? Okay. 
Thank you. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you. Great business to be in. Dixie has found a way to, to, to triple and quadruple, if not more, the monthly spreads on homes that she's bought in the same way that we buy single family homes. And she happens to be one of my favorite people in the world. So I would definitely check into Dixie Decker's system. And uh, I guess somehow two more people popped in to the queue, but I'm going to go ahead and take these so we can wrap up. Two more people. So there's Marilyn Long. I'm sorry, Hello. someone from Arizona. Yep, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yes, can you hear me? I sure can. What's your name and where okay. are you calling from? My name is Marilyn. I'm calling from Georgia, Savannah, Georgia. And I had two questions. One is about a lead uh, property information sheet that I got some information from somebody today. The property is actually um, asking, well, the person is asking 169.9 is valued at between 165 and 175. They owe 142,000 on it. Um, I asked them would they consider a lease purchase. He said he didn't say yes or no. I, I, I believe he said anything's possible. He just he wants a large down payment because he's wanting to move near his kids. He and his wife. And the house is pretty much moving. It doesn't need um, the only repairs it needs. He said it has a kitchen. The kitchen has laminate floors, and it's like nine boards that need to be repaired. And they've already estimated it to be um, approximately three hundred dollars. He could do that before he leaves, or if we want to just do it ourselves. So I'm trying to find out what could I offer him. I was thinking of a lease option, but he wants to leave anytime after August. Okay. What, 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 when you say he wants a large down payment, what, give me a number. What kind of money are you talking about? When, when I, I, this was the second time talking to him. When I first called him, he told me like, oh, fifteen, ten, fifteen thousand. So, um, I was trying to figure out what, what could I do so that he could get that down payment and I could still do a lease option. Yeah. Well, I, you're not going to you're not going to be giving anyone ten thousand dollars on a lease option. Uh, anytime you give a down payment, you're gonna you're gonna get the deed to the to the property. And a rule of thumb that we use in the term system is if a property's value is within thirty five thousand dollars of what's owed on it, uh, oh. we ask if they sell for what they owe. So that's oh, okay. the avenue we're pursuing here. And for anyone else who has these kinds of properties, and it's just like the discussion I had earlier with somebody that mm-hmm. look, you owe one forty two on this this house oh. and. It's only worth maybe 160s. There really isn't oh. any equity in this thing. I, the best I'm going to be able to do is provide you the debt relief. Okay, and, and so get rid of I will provide you the debt relief. Okay, um, so you know, getting rid of the amount, getting rid of the 142 is really what I need to talk to him about. Uh, either maybe getting rid of it doesn't mean paying the loan off immediately. It means making the monthly oh. payments on the loan until your buyer gets qualified for a new loan that cashes that okay. underlying loan out. Okay. And their name's going to remain uh, on the loan, but you're going to, uh, uh, you know, certainly make the monthly payments on it so that they don't have to worry about that debt anymore. You're offering them okay. debt relief. You got to give them okay. the confidence that you that that you will um, be making those payments. Um, but uh-huh. we're going to have to work a little bit on those terms. So okay. we can't get you okay. that down payment. We can't get you that equity. And frankly, I don't know that, that you can get it from anybody. So you know, do you no. want to take your chances in the open market or do you want to take your chances with me? Because if you uh-huh. deal with me, I'll have to be closed in seven days and you can have this problem lifted off your mm-hmm. plate. How wonderful right. will okay. that be to not have this debt? 
And that's okay. the conversation. Okay, cool. okay, okay. So let me ask you this, one other question. When it says take monthly payments for your equity, is that pretty much the same thing that you're saying in the in the um, lead information sheet when it says, no. you know, if the house is free and clear and you ask for you consider taking monthly payments for your when equity? You say, when you ask somebody will they take monthly, look, look there's, there's really three questions that are asked. Okay, the first one mm-hmm. is, First thing you've got to identify is the difference between the mortgage balance and the value mm-hmm. of the home. Right. As a rule of thumb, then all we're going to mm-hmm. do is take over their payments if the payments are reasonable and the loan terms are, are reasonable. That's called subject to. That's box okay. one in a property information sheet. Box two is, okay, you won't do that. Well, would you be willing to lease the property? And uh-huh. I guarantee the maintenance and repairs on the property and give me an yeah. option for the home. And if they okay. uh, do that, you, the box number three usually uh-huh. is a property that has a lot of equity. If, if, so if you have okay. a house like this, let's say it's worth $165,000 and no money is owed mm-hmm. on it, and that means oh. they have 160000 of equity. So monthly well, payments for equity okay. simply means this. It simply mm-hmm. means you have $165,000 of equity in it. Mm-hmm. I think I can get all $165,000 of that, but it's going to be down the line. Now, the beautiful okay. thing about it is in addition to the hundred sixty-five grand, I can make mm-hmm. a monthly payment along the way or begin to pay some of that one sixty-five down uh, with mm-hmm. monthly payments to you. Are you willing mm-hmm. to consider that? Okay. So, so you're talking about a house that has equity when you talk about will you take monthly payments for your equity. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Well, that was what I needed to know. Thank All you. Right. Well, uh, my pleasure. Have a wonderful evening. And I'm going to go to, uh, I believe this is area code 832. Yes, sir. That's me, Stephen Nelson here on the line. Hey, Hi. Stephen. How you doing? Hi. I'm, I'm very welcome. Uh, actually, I have a house right now myself that is, uh, I have a mortgage on it. I want to do something with it first. $236,000 balance on my house. And I went to um, realestateabc.com and it said that the house appraises from about three fifty, three hundred fifty thousand. dollars Lucky uh, you. Right now, right now <laughs> because I'm in arrears, uh, through a divorce, I owe about $10,000, about seven months of payments at uh, $1,450 a month. And I'm working with the realtor, the mortgage company, asking them if they'll give me some type of mortgage plan, which they're going to give me an answer here in the next couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying to decide on what I need to do with this house. You know, I need some repairs. Well, what do you want to do with this? This is your personal house, right? Yes, sir. Okay, it's worth three fifty. Yeah. Uh, there's two thirty six owed on the mortgage, but right. you are. Did you say you were ten thousand behind, or did you say you were? Yeah, uh, ten thousand behind, about seven months behind because of a divorce, and payments of fourteen fifty a month. Great, right. about ten thousand. Seven months. Well, there's a lot of things that you could actually do with this. Uh, you could potentially. Uh, are you able to make these payments or not? Uh, the fourteen fifty, yes, I'm able to do it, but I'm not able to catch up with ten thousand dollars in payments right now through you know from the divorce. 
and they're trying to work out a, a some type of um, mortgage modification program or something. They're supposed to give me an answer on in the next couple of weeks. You know, if if you were a seller and not part of uh, you know Gold Club here, I'd probably try to buy this house from you. Um, I am. But the, the terms under which I would buy it would be you'd be giving up almost all that equity, and I'd be bringing it current and then taking over that loan subject too. Is that something yeah, you'd be I willing to do? Well, my suggestion to you, honestly, on this is you don't want to get foreclosed with all that equity sitting there. You could do a loan modification, but you know, hopefully, you'll be able to make the the payment. But you might want to just go ahead and sell it through a realtor, get it prettied up. Uh, a little bit, borrow some money from someone if you can to pretty it up a little bit and get every bit of that 350 that you can. Get that dog on house sold and walk away with 100 grand and start your life over. You know, I mean, I mean, start your life over, but maybe maybe get something that you can manage a little bit uh, better. So you're recommending put the three thousand, four thousand dollars of uh, repairs in it, which it needs, and and uh, get a realtor as opposed to trying well, to get the you don't have to do it that way. I'm just saying you'll get top dollar for it if you make it look nice. And um, that, that, that's what I would do if I was in your situation. Otherwise, you could sell it to me. <laughs> but you're going to get, you, you know, you're going to get, uh, you're not going to get as much money as, as you might selling it the uh, uh, traditional way here. Because if I have to come out, if I had to come out of pocket, $10,000 to bring your current and pay your closing costs, and I'm going to want a really nice chunk of equity, which you, know, you shouldn't have to give me. So my, my opinion on this uh, is, is what I said. Either fix it up and sell it with the realtor or sell it as is with the realtor, get this thing made up um, and get your equity out of it, or go ahead and, um, and get a loan modification, which will be extremely easy to do, by the way. Um, if you can't get a bank to do it because you have bad credit or you've been behind too much, there's private lenders who will do it. But I'll warn you that those private lenders are going to go to bed at night hoping that you don't pay because they want to foreclose you off and get that equity that's in there. And that's why I'm giving you the recommendation to maybe just go ahead and sell it. Well, right now the mortgage company is going to give me an answer whether they're going to, you know, give me some type of payment workout, you know, work out some type of plan for me in the next couple of weeks. So I'm hoping that they give me a positive answer so that I yep. can go ahead and, you know, see if I can if I can get some money on the front end and the back end and put somebody in here. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you you know the other thing you could do, you know, you could go ahead and lease option this thing. You might be able to get a lease option buyer that can make up those back payments for you and then come in and begin renting it from you, and then you could sell for the three fifty. But you know, I'm just making a judgment call on what I've heard so far that maybe you're best, you know, just disposing of this thing. But you could lease option it out as well. You you, you probably you, you probably could get every bit of thirty thousand dollars down on this thing, uh, pay off the arrearage entirely, walk away with a little bit of cash in your pocket, and have someone paying you fourteen fifty a month. Uh, the only thing I don't like about it is the loan still in your name, and um, you know I just I'd, I'd rather you get free of this, take some of that money, go get yourself some training and quick start, and and then begin uh, doing doing these kinds of deals where you're dealing with people who are in these situations and. Uh, making chicken salad out of chicken scratch, as they say. Okay, I got one more question. All right, I'm all here. I got a guy who's a commercial broker that's selling some commercial property, 16,000 square feet of land with 800 square feet of office space that he wants to sell for 375, but he's a commercial broker and he wants $100,000 
cash out the deal. I told him that we do little or no money down. He's a commercial broker. I know him personally. And it's got two bedrooms and uh, a couple of baths in it. It's pretty much like a car lot with an office space of 800 square feet. And uh, he wants me to, you know, I told him we're not going to give my He was short answer on it, okay? Um, he want, there's a lot of money that he wants down. You're not going to be able to go. Uh, 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 you don't have that money to put into it. We don't know all the details of the deal. Uh, and there's a broker involved. I mean, you could try to get it up, get some kind of contract. No, or a, you can he, go he is a broker. He's a commercial broker, right. but he is also owner financing. He's a commercial broker that I happen to know. But he wants hundred thousand dollars down. You know, huh? if they're willing, if, if they're willing, go ahead and put it under contract under those terms, and you can go ahead and spend your time trying to find somebody to get get you more. Um, but um, it sounds to me like you got some bigger fish to fry uh, ahead of. Uh, trying to thread the needle with that particular deal where 100000 is required on the front end. Meaning what? what meaning, my own house? I, would on, I would focus on getting this house situation dealt with before uh, entangling yourself in a, in a commercial deal that's probably um, a little bit over your, you know, your, your training. So you haven't been to Quick Start yet, have you? No. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I would just... I would rather you crawl before you walk is, is what I'm saying. There's ways to make that commercial deal work, but not without proper training. So you can tell from the conversations I've had with people, I'm a big, big advocate of getting the training, um, and, and you'll, you'll insulate yourself from getting in situations that require you to use your money or, or, or your credit. And and this is and that that's going to be a more complicated deal because because of the down payment that's required and because there's a commercial uh, broker involved, and you've got a more pressing matter, uh, the one you know with that house. I'd like you to get free and clear of that, get some training, maybe go to commercial boot camp if that's offered, or buy it. And and then there's plenty of commercial deals just like that one you described where you can make money on it. Well, let me ask you this: back to that house, if I could, if they give me some modification. Uh, uh, some type of modification program, and it gets rid of ten, get rid of the ten thousand in arrears, and I think I can get twenty five to thirty thousand dollars, and uh, on the front end, and maybe something on the back end. Wouldn't that be the best way to go? If you can afford the payments and they're willing to do it, you know, um, it would be good to get some equity out of this to give yourself a start. Sure, you know, I, okay, I would yeah. hope that you. You know, I, I'm, a, I'm I'm good with that. I mean, you know, you got to rely on yourself, right? So you could, yeah. you could finance more than what you owe on that. There's plenty of equity there. If they're willing to do that, then, um, yeah, I'd say go ahead and, you know, uh, get that money and begin doing what you can with that to, to build yourself uh, a better position. Okay. Thank you very much. Yep. Yeah, thank you very much. I appreciate it a whole lot. Good luck with everything. And we will go to our last caller of the evening here. It's the 608 area code, which I happen to know is Arizona, not too far from me here in Vegas. And it looks like it's Carrie Palmer. Is that correct? No, it's Casey, actually. And, oh, Casey. Uh, from, okay. Hey, I'm from Beloit, from Beloit, Wisconsin, actually. Oh, wait. Beloit, okay, I knew I knew the number. Beloit, Wisconsin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, I have three quick questions. I'm trying to keep them right I happen to have I have a beautiful young lady in my house right now who's uh, born and raised in Beloit, Wisconsin. Oh really? Who is that? Can I ask? Her first name is Trang. 
not sure. <laughs> um, uh, I, I, I don't even say the full name on a public line uh, because I, you know, I might uh, be in trouble for that. But yeah, Beloit right, is right. a wonderful place. I love it. Right in between Rockford, uh, Illinois, and Madison, Wisconsin, I've been up to Ho Chunk Casino many, many times. That's why it's there, to, to extract <laughs> money from the wallet. But, uh, but anyway, Casey, uh, what's in your mind? All right, three quick ones. I'm real new to this. I haven't made my, I haven't even made a first, my first deal yet. I'm just kind of getting into it. Um, when you talk about these lease, lease options with these houses and taking over monthly payments, are you actually paying out of your own pocket for those monthly payments, or is there another way that you're talking about? Well, it, usually, usually the money is coming from the tenant buyer that we install. So when you think of doing a lease option, it's really a sandwich lease. And the sandwich okay. term comes from you get a deal with the seller, and then you go get a buyer, and the various payments from the buyer are higher than what the various payments are to the, to the, to the seller, so that you're sandwiching gotcha. the property and making, making the, the peanut butter and jelly in between, so to speak. Gotcha. I get it. Um, where do I find all these contracts at? Do I just go to my title company? I mean, I know each state has their own no. type of contracts. No. Uh, the, the best paperwork is, is right on the Gold Club, and you can, you can go to the Forms and Agreements section. Go ahead and pull the, uh, uh, sh uh, the short-form lease option agreement for use with your sellers. And when you install buyers, you use the long-form lease, uh, lease agreement. And, uh, uh, and, then, and then separately, there's a real estate purchase option agreement because they're, it's segregated in, in that way when you're selling on a lease option. And then okay. uh, when you bring your buyer to the uh, table, have your attorney dot the I's and cross the T's and make the appropriate edits for your municipal area there in, in, Belo okay. in Beloit so that everything is uh, in full compliance. Gotcha. Last one, real quick. Uh, so how, how important would you say it is to have a buyer's list set up before I send my quote-unquote ant farm out to get these deals? Like, I, like, I, guess, I guess I'm just asking when, when's a good time to pull the trigger and like get this going. I mean, I am pretty much have stuff set up. And I'm almost ready to go. I feel like I called title companies. You know, I got things almost in line, but when do I actually pull the trigger on this? Well, different people will give you different answers on this, and there's no one real right answer. It really depends on who the person is, right, and what kind of right. uh, effort you put into your business. So I'll tell you what my answer is. My answer is it doesn't hurt you to go ahead and begin to, to build a buyer's list. It's better to build a buyer's list when you actually have something for sale you can get yourself mm -hmm. in trouble trying to build a buyer's list when you don't actually have something for, for sale. Having right. a buyer's list can be invaluable because you can get properties sold much more quickly. You can cherry pick people with the highest down payments and uh, churn through properties much more quickly. But I think the reality is that focusing on that end of the business before you're good with getting sellers to sell on terms can detract from your growth and development as a real estate entrepreneur. And what I can tell you is what I said earlier on the call, which is that getting sellers to sell on the terms that are acceptable for us creates an asset. And when you have an asset and you can offer a good deal into the marketplace, the buyers will flock toward you like sheep. They really will. And, and the, the buying, I'm sorry, the selling of your properties um, on, on terms into the marketplace 
is murder by numbers ABC, to quote the, the, the uh, rock group, the, the police. It is simply following instructions. There's not a whole lot of thought that has to be given to it. There's not a whole art to it. You follow the instructions that are, that are outlined in the course, and the buyers will come if you have a good deal that you're offering into the marketplace. So by that logic, I think focusing your energy, your time, into becoming good with sellers, making calls to sellers is a better use of your time so that you can get the good deals, as many of them as possible, and that buyer's list will begin to build organically as people will know you as somebody who's bringing terms deals into the marketplace and referrals will come your way. So the short answer is don't worry about your buyer's list, in my opinion. Go out and get good at making deals with sellers. Okay. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. All right. Well, hey, folks, I appreciate everybody who hung on for this uh, epically long call. Uh, my my uh, fault for keeping you longer, but um, I thought the questions were good. Hopefully the answers were instructive. And I want to wish all of you an awesome evening and much wealth and good going in your real estate ventures. And I hope I get to meet you in person sometime. Take care, everybody. Have a good one. Bye now.